according to John, the 15th chapter. I thank you all for your prayers throughout the week this week. Uh, I was bragging to somebody uh, maybe a week and a half ago saying, you know, this flu has been going around, bronchitis, pneumatic problems, and I have just not even been affected by it. And I shouldn't have been bragging like that. And uh, so I thank you all for your prayers throughout the week this week. And the Lord has certainly given me a touch of his healing power. And I thank him for that. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to get back into the pulpit and preach the word of the Lord this morning. Uh, this has been an exciting year so far. And the best is yet to come. We are stepping boldly into the destiny that God has prepared for us. Confidently, with, with unabashed faith in what the Lord is doing and what the Lord shall do. Hallelujah. It is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our sight. And I thank you all for, for your uh, participation in the work of God and in the kingdom of God. We're going to do great things by the grace of God together in Jesus' name. So we're looking at the gospel according to John, the 15th chapter. Beginning with verse 1, the word of the Lord says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now... You are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Hallelujah. Herein is my father glorified. That you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. And my message this morning is simply entitled Bearing Much Fruit. Bearing Much Fruit. Lord, I love you today. I thank you for every individual that is in this place. I thank you for your word, oh God, that is so poignant and powerful. Capable of tearing down every stronghold in our life. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that as your word goes forth, that you will accomplish that thing whereto it is sent. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will remove fear from people's minds. I pray that you will remove bitterness from people's hearts. I pray, God, you will remove insecurities, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Works that the enemy has tried to perpetrate upon people's lives. God, I pray you'll undo years in Jesus' name and restore what the locust hath eaten. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, do it by your mighty power and your excellent greatness. We thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. 
we have been in 2018 on a journey, a journey to transition as God would order it to be so from being a church in a city to being very proactive with what God has called us to do. I'll speak for myself. It is easy to grow complacent with the call of God on our lives. We can get into the habit of coming and going to church. We can get into the habit of, of enjoying one another's company and, and the presence of the Lord until we forget that we are here on a mission from God. We are here on a mission from God. And, and we are not just any church. We are a church that has been called out of darkness. We have been placed into the marvelous light of God. And we have experienced this for the express purpose of reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The life-changing gospel. The eternity-changing gospel. And so we've been on a journey. The Lord has been has been dealing with us and has been expressing to us that he wants us to be this, this tree of life, this, uh, this entity that is able to feed the hungry, a place where people can come and receive salvation for their souls and receive food for their spirit, a place where people can come and find refuge and find shelter. A place where people can come and not just find friendliness, but find friendship. To find people who love them and will journey with them and walk with them and, and pray with them and pray through with them. Hallelujah. And, and this is who we are. We are the church of the living God. We are the bride of Christ. Without spot. He's going to make us without spot. He's going to make us without wrinkle. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. A glorious church prepared for the bridegroom for his coming. And we have to proceed. And so, so we've been in a journey. And the Lord has shown us. And uh, I have shared with you what he placed upon my heart three and a half years ago when we first came to this property. That he was planting us as a people. That he was planting us as a people. And that seed would be deposited into our spirit. And it would grow forth. The roots would go forth and the roots would be grounded and rooted in the love of God. And he would, he would reveal to us what is the breadth of the love of God and what is the depth and what is the height and what is the length of the love of God. And any experience that you've been having as you've walked with the Lord, these experiences that have tried you, that have challenged you, it has all been to help you understand what is the breadth and the height and the depth and the length of the love of God. It started as a seed, but it burst forth as roots. And then a, a tree came up from the ground. And, and God was just showing us what the church really is. The church is this, this, this plant that comes forth from the ground, just as Jesus came forth from the ground, resurrected from the grave the scripture said that he was the first fruits of the resurrection we know that we shall be resurrected because Jesus was resurrected from the dead this is not some pie in the sky this is not some some uh, wishful thinking <laughs> but this is a knowledge that because he came forth from the dead we shall come forth from the dead 
and live with him forever and ever. And so, so we come forth just as Jesus did from the, from the tomb. We come forth from our circumstances and experiences of life and grow up as a mighty tree. The branches of which go out and extend in all directions of our city. And the leaves of the tree of life that we talked about last week are for the healing of the nations. Those leaves are the part of us that maintains constant exposure to the presence of Almighty God. And that constant exposure to the presence of God feeds the rest of this tree. And our roots are strong because of our exposure to the presence of God. And the, the trunk is strong because of the exposure to the presence and the word of God. And the, the, the resin is, is palpable and potent because of the exposure that we have to the word and to the presence of Almighty God. And, and so the tree becomes vital and becomes strong and becomes a healing entity and a, a soul-saving station. A place where people can come from all walks of life. And they can bring whatever challenge they have and bring it into the presence of God. And I want you to know that when they come in contact with their creator, he brings all things into order in their life. And so we stand up and speak life to the death that exists in our world. And we speak life to the, to the destruction that exists in our world. And we speak clarity to the confusion. And we speak wisdom and understanding and knowledge. Not our wisdom. We do not speak with enticing words of men's wisdom. But with demonstration of the Holy Ghost and power. God forbid that we ever become an institution that would ever rely on man's ability or upon humanity's capacity. No, sir, no man. We are here to demonstrate the power of Almighty God. No greater way to do that than to say, look what the Lord has done. Open up your mouth and tell somebody, look what the Lord has done. When I couldn't find my way, he gave me direction. When I couldn't get my couldn't get a grip, he held me in the palm of his hand. Look what the Lord has done in my life. So we go forth as, as saplings, we go forth as, as leaves, we go forth as tree, as a tree of life to our world. And, and, and so we've talked about the seed and we've talked about the roots and we've talked about the trunk and we've talked about the branches and we've talked about the leaves. But all of it is because God wants us to bring forth much fruit. I'm going to tell you something. God is serious about this soul-saving business. We're not here just to have a good place to go on Sunday morning. He's here to save souls. We're not just here so that we can check off our box and say, yes, I went to church today. No, sir, no, ma'am. We are here to save souls, to see people changed by the life-giving breath of Almighty God. Hallelujah. I want you to know he is in this place right now to fill somebody with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He is in this place right now to put a seed in somebody's spirit that will grow up as a mighty tree. It'll start as a tender plant out of dry ground, but he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Hallelujah. And so, so Jesus is serious about it. It's all, it's all about bearing much fruit. 
And so Jesus speaks to it. First, before we talk about bearing much fruit, I want to talk to you about what is that fruit. Because it's not just a metaphor. Uh, we, we, we sometimes think fruit means success. So, so if we're not successful, then we feel we haven't borne fruit. And if you're judging success by the world standards, that can be, that can be varied. It can be, uh, it can be vague. And, and then it can also be very explicit as to what that standard of success is. But, but when God speaks of fruit, he is speaking very clearly about the fruit of the Spirit. And the scripture says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is the peaceable fruit of righteousness. What God came to do was to put inside of us, us who are so broken, who are so lost without him. The world that Jesus came to save was filled with, with envy, filled with strife, filled with man pride, filled with murderous rage. But he came to give life and that more abundantly. He came to put love in people's hearts. He came to give joy that is the strength of the child of God. He came to give peace that surpasses understanding. He gave, came to give people the ability to suffer for long periods of time. And it is amazing to look upon the life of a child of God who can undergo such difficult circumstances and never lose their faith in God. Why? Because the Lord has put long suffering inside of them. And they're able to endure any hardship. They're able to endure any trial or any tribulation because of the fruit that is bursting forth from their branches. He came to bring gentleness. I'm going to tell you our society needs a baptism of gentleness. Our society needs a baptism of goodness. Our society needs a baptism of meekness. Our society needs a baptism of temperance. Hallelujah. All of that exists within the body of Christ. He came to bring faith. That's where it revolves. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He even explained to us that we need to beware. Because there would come those who are false in their teaching. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15 said, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. Interesting terminology. He let us know to beware. Because there is a spirit out there that will dress up like the church. The scripture says that we are his people. The sheep of his pasture. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. Hallelujah. And so he said you got to beware. Because there are false prophets that are out there. And they will look like a sheep. And they'll sound like a sheep. And they'll talk the language of the sheep. But you be careful because even though they may appear as a sheep, they are inside ravening wolves. You be careful who it is that you're listening to. He said, watch carefully in verse 16 for their fruits. You shall know them by their fruits. 
Hallelujah. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? If even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. He explains to us that there is a spirit that exists in our world that tries to put up a false fruitfulness, that tries to put up some kind of a facade. He said, be careful. Judge them by their fruits. Know them by their fruits. Where is their love? Do they have love? Do they love one another? He said, people shall know you are my disciples, that you have love one for another. If you don't love the people sitting next to you, you need to have a baptism of the Holy Ghost afresh. If you don't love your neighbor, you need to have a baptism of the Holy Ghost afresh. You hear what I'm preaching, ladies and gentlemen. Our world doesn't need us to play church anymore. They need us to be the real thing. And let me tell you what matters to God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, and thy strength. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. They're tired of the fake. They're tired of the phony. They're tired of people professing to be followers of Christ, but actually only followers of themselves or of some religious persuasion. We've got to be the church and let the love of God flow through us. Don't you remember what brought you to Jesus Christ? It was his love for you that brought you to him. It wasn't his claims. It wasn't his, it wasn't his prowess. It wasn't his excellent marketing abilities. It wasn't his smooth operating skills. No, it was his love. It was his unabashed love. It was his sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They're going to look at our fruits and they'll know whether we're real or not. We need to look at our fruit and know whether we're real or not. How do we treat people? How do we love people? How do we reach out to people? Are we there for people? Are we ministering to people? Come on, the love, the fruit of the Spirit. The first thing he said, the fruit of the Spirit is love them by their fruits where does their strength come from the joy of the Lord is your strength know them by their fruits where does their faith stand our faith does not stand in the wisdom of men but our faith stands in the power of God may it be forever understood that our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ in the blood of Jesus Christ in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ in the obedience of Jesus Christ in the power of Jesus Christ, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know how to make it any more clear. Our faith must stand in Jesus. This is where where our fruit comes from. This is fruit. God is serious about bearing fruit. He doesn't play games when it comes to, to bearing fruit. Notice what he said in our text, John chapter 15 He said, I am the vine. And he said, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Notice what he said. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. 
Notice what he said in verse number six. If a, ba- a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. We need to understand something very serious today. That we only have hope in Jesus Christ. He said, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withered. Men gather them like they're gathering sticks. They are cast into the fire and they are burned. Here's what we have to understand. Jesus came to save a world that was passing away. Jesus came to save a world that was on its way to death, damnation, and destruction. We must never lose sight of that reality. People can say all they want about what kind of a message are you preaching when you talk about a devil's hell. Why do you talk about hell? Why do you spend time considering that there is a place such as hell? Because there is a place such as hell. And people are on their way to hell. And anything that is not of the Lord is on its way to hell. And that's why Jesus came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. Everything and everybody that abides not in him shall be cast into the fire. The Bible can't make it any more plain. Over and over throughout the scriptures, the word of the Lord tells us that, that the world passes away. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The world passeth away, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. He explains it over and over. Heaven and earth shall pass away. It is an urgent plea from Jesus. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my words shall not pass away. He's grabbing people by their lapels saying, listen, listen, I'm trying to rescue you. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on this earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves do break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where there is no corruption. Thieves do not break through and steal. Ladies and gentlemen, I have wept. I wept this morning. I wept yesterday. I wept the day before. I can't stop weeping as I consider just how devastating this world is. I mean, how, how, messed, how messed up is death? How twisted is death? Death is such a horrible, horrible thing. And my heart breaks for those who have hope only in this life. My heart breaks for those precious, those precious children. They're just children and they're getting shot in Florida this week. And my heart breaks for people all over this world whose, whose lives in one instant, everything changes. They're gone. It's all that has to happen is just, just people, people. It can, it can be some kind of a natural cause. It can be some kind of an act of violence, but in one instant they're gone and life on this earth is over and it is complete. It is final. And, and that is 
twist it, but we have grown so accustomed to it that we say things like it's just a natural part of life. It's just something that happens, and there's going to be a time when everybody's going to cross that chasm, and while that is true, you need to understand that's not the way it's supposed to be. Jesus came to change all that. He said it's the thief that comes to steal. It's the thief that comes to kill. It's the thief that comes to destroy, but I am come that you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You can look into this world and you can place your confidence in this world. And you can put all your eggs in this basket if you want to. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We've made up in our minds. That when I die, I don't really die. That when this thing is over on earth, I'm just stepping over into the glory of God. But that doesn't happen because I'm a good person. That doesn't happen because, I've, because I, I treat people nicely. Because I put on a fake smile. No, it happens because of abiding in Him. He is the true vine. He is the one that has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So everything that's not in Him is passing away. Everything that is not in Him is passing away. By him, all things consist. So things change. I, I, I look at pictures of people, and, and 10 years ago, 20 years ago, some memories come up on Facebook, and I see people who are no longer on this earth. And we've grown so accustomed to it. But ladies and gentlemen, there is a city where the Lamb is the light. There is a place, hallelujah. I just have to get this out of my spirit this morning because I feel like somebody has put their hope in this world. In the name of Jesus, I, 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 by the grace of God, Lord, I pray you'll let the word prick somebody's heart. Stop focusing on this world and get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes, get your prayer life in order. Come on, somebody. Get your mind fixed on Jesus. Get focused, hallelujah. He is the true vine. Hallelujah. And anything that is not in him passes away and is cast forth as a branch and is burned. So we have to understand when the Lord told Adam and Eve that you shall surely die, that's, that's what he meant. He wasn't even bringing it on them. They brought it on themselves. He was just saying it's a fact of this world. You shall surely die. And so, so God put in motion his plan of salvation so he said if you're in me that's where there's life but then he said this he said even if you are in me you have to bear fruit he said any branch in me that bears not fruit the same is taken away any branch in him that bears not fruit is taken away. He's serious about this fruit-bearing business. It's not enough just to be baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost, and sit on your pew and say, well, well, glory to God, I know what I am, and I know what I believe. No, you have to be bearing fruit. And, 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 before, and, and so some people get the idea that they can come somehow, you know, flip switches and turn knobs and pull levers, and that's how they're going to bear fruit. No, that's not how it works. You've got to abide in Him. 
and his words abide in you. And if any man abide in me and my words abide in him, the same will bring forth much fruit. We have to be tied into Jesus Christ. So he said, any branch that bears not fruit will be taken away. Then he said, a branch that does bear fruit. That branch that does bear fruit is going to be pruned. Is going to be, is going to be tended to so that it will bring forth more fruit. So, so if I'm not in him, I'm cast into the fire. If I am in him and not bearing fruit, I'm taken away. And if I'm in him and I'm bearing fruit, he will prune me, cut me down to size so that I will bring forth more fruit. You see what I'm saying? He's serious about this fruit bearing business. You, you know, it's not okay anymore to sit back on, on some kind of a complacent bench and watch things happen. No, we have to be proactive. We have to be the light of this world. We have to be the salt of this earth. If it doesn't stir you to see the kind of problems that are facing our world today, then ladies and gentlemen, you need to get down on your face and pray again and say, God, stir my spirit, stir my soul. It, it bothered me so bad. Because I saw people ridiculing the term thoughts and prayers. Because, you know, it, it, something horrible happened and people immediately said, we're sending thoughts and prayers. And folks said, don't send the thoughts and prayers. That doesn't do anything. And I thought, you know what is so sad to me? Is that people truly do not understand the power of prayer. They truly don't. And you know why they don't understand the power of prayer? It's not their fault they don't understand the power of prayer. It's the people who understand the power of prayer who aren't praying. And, and we're as guilty as anybody of reacting to bad things, saying, oh, I'm sorry that happened, so I'm going to send some thoughts and prayers. No, we need to be on our face every day. We need to be seeking the face of God every day. And we need to pray proactive prayers. We need to go back to pleading the blood of Jesus and casting down imaginations and tearing down every stronghold. Hallelujah. We need to demonstrate the power of prayer. We need to call things out. We need to declare the glory of God. We need to lift him up in praise. We need to exalt him in worship. And when the church begins to pray for the Lord to have his way, then the glory of the Lord will come on down. I said when the church begins to pray for the Lord to have his way, then the glory of the Lord will come on down. So, so it's no, it's not enough. We can't, we can't just sit back and be called Christians and think that that makes us a Christian. We can't just call ourselves apostolic and think that makes us like the apostles. We can't just sit back and, and pretend like we have some kind of a knowledge and that that makes us something special. We have to put that knowledge into action. It, it, listen, it doesn't matter what you believe unless you let that faith change you. Unless you let that faith motivate you. Unless you let that faith become who you are. You know why I baptize people in the name of Jesus Christ? Number one, because the Bible says to do it. Secondly, because I want to be obedient to that word. And thirdly, ladies and gentlemen, because when you are buried in Jesus Christ, you take on Jesus and he takes on you. 
who you were gets nailed to a cross and who you become rises to walk in newness of life. It's a real thing. It's not, just a, it's not just some kind of a ritual that we're satisfying. It's not just kind of a, some kind of a ceremony. It's a real thing. It's fruit. And he said, if you are bearing fruit, if you're not bearing fruit, if you're not in me, there's going to be some kind of an action from God. If you're not in him, then you're cast into the fire. Everything will be. Everything in this world. Look around you. Everything in this world will be cast into the fire. It's all passing away. There's nothing anybody can do about it. The only thing that a person can do about it is be in Christ. Then he said, if you are in me and not bearing fruit, then sorry. I'm going to cast you away. Take you out of, the, out of the tree. Paul said to the church at Rome, he said, don't think you won't. He said he did it with the natural branches. He'll do it with those that are, 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 are grafted in as well. You know why? Because when something is dead and it's tied into a tree, the dead limb has to go because it will have a damaging effect on the tree. It's a part of pruning. You can look at nature and you can see it. God just begins to take it off and take it out and move it aside and say, nope, nope. If you're not going to bear fruit, then he removes it. He removes it. He takes it away. And if you are bearing fruit, then there's going to be a time of pruning. You will go through seasons of life where dead things are cut off of you. Old things are removed from you. Old experiences are, are carved off and, 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 and meaningless twigs and unnecessary sprouts are just removed and old blossoms and buds that you've grown attached to and you think you need, God will begin to remove it from you. Why? Because he's creating a clean slate out of you and he's going to bring forth more fruit. I know that all you have in perspective is your, is your life as you know it. But I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Your 401K, going to pass away. Your Roth IRA, going to pass away. Your college education, going to pass away. Your friends and loved ones, going to pass away. Your, your prestige and your, your politics and, and all the stuff that you think is important right now. All of it's going to pass away. What matters is, are you bearing fruit? And you can't bear fruit of yourself. I'm not asking you to say, okay, I'll start being nice. You can't bear fruit of yourself. It's in Him. You're plugged into the tree of life. You're plugged into the true vine. That's where fruit comes from. I don't mean plastic fruit. <laughs> I don't mean plastic fruit. Plastic fruit is so deceptive. You can walk up to some plastic fruit and it looks real. It's not real. It looks good. It looks better than real fruit. The real fruit has some, has some nicks and scratches. The real fruit has some soft spots on it. And some bruising on it. See, you get some real fruit and it's got some bruising. It's been through some stuff. It's been dropped in the produce section every now and then. But you get some plastic fruit and everything is so polished and so perfect, but, you, but it's not edible. It's not good for food. It can't feed the hungry. But real fruit can feed the hungry. And this world is hungry 
and they're, they're hungry for love. They're hungry for joy. They're hungry for peace. They're hungry for gentleness. They're hungry for goodness. They're hungry. They're hungry. They're hungry for Jesus. And he said, be in me and I'll be in you and you will produce what this world needs. Uh, oh, hallelujah. 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 See, that's, that's why we have the fruit of the Spirit. We don't have the fruit of the Spirit so people can look at us and say, oh, wow, look at him. He's so loving. He's so good. Look at her. She's so peaceful. That's not why we have the fruit of the Spirit. We're not just walking around with our, with our branches overloaded with all this fruit so people can applaud how good and how gentle and how peaceful we are. No, we're here to feed. We're here so that when we walk through the marketplace, that person who has never known the love of a father can take some gentleness off of our, off of our stem. Take some goodness off of our branch. Take some peace off, hallelujah, out of our vineyard. You hear what I'm saying? That person who's been betrayed time and time and time again, and they've decided they just won't trust anybody anymore, and they just won't let anybody love them anymore. We're here to let them eat of the goodness and the gentleness and the peace and the love. And that person might be you, but I want you to understand something. That's why God healed you. That's why God saved you. That's why God brought you out. So you can show somebody else the way. Yeah, yeah you, don't even know, you don't even realize who they are. You're too busy being, you're too busy letting them get on your nerves at work to realize their soul is starving. You're too busy. You're too busy trying to get ahead of them in your career goals. That you don't realize that their spirit is aching for food from another world. And the Lord is trying to say, I've called you to bear fruit. I didn't call you to be the most, the most likable. I didn't call you to be the most likely to succeed. I didn't call. Did you know that if Jesus walked into this room today, there would be no earthly, no fleshly, no worldly quality that would draw any of us to him? And yet we would all be undeniably magnetized. Yeah, we would, because it's real, it's real fruit. And we are really hungry for real fruit. We need Jesus. Let me tell you something. They went down to that land of promise, those children of Israel did, and they got a cluster of grapes out of that land that God had promised them, showed them. And when they come out of there, that, that, they had to put the grapes on a bar between two men. One man had the front of the bar, and the other man had the back of the bar, and they had one cluster of grapes. That's how big they were. I'm talking about a different kind of fruit than you know anything about. I'm not talking about being nice. You know, you know the Bible never says, be ye nice one to another. But it does say, be ye kind one to another. See, nice is what you are to get through an awkward social setting. 
nice is what you are so that you can get through this family reunion you don't really want to be at, but you got to be there. And your wife, your wife says to you as you're walking in, be what? Nice. So, what, so this is how we're nice. We put on a fake smile. And we go through the motions and we go through the drudgeries and, the, and we just, we just kind of do our thing. And, and, and we're being nice. But the Bible never said be nice. He said be kind. And, and kindness is different than niceness. Kindness isn't fake. Th- th- that word kind, it's, it's from the scriptures. When the Bible says that the, that the fish will bring forth after their kind. And, and, and it's where we get our word kinship. It's where we get our word kindred. It means treat them like family. Be kind one to another. No, I'm not just going to be nice and get you off my back. I'm going to bring you into my world. I'm going to bring you into the vine. I'm going to bring you into the tree of life. Hallelujah. That's, listen, folks, that's what they need. They don't need another politician to pat them on the back just so they'll get their vote. They need a church who will stand with them through the thick and the thin. They need people who will walk with them through the valley of the shadow of death. Hallelujah. There's healing power in fruit. There's antioxidants in fruit. And so, so the works of the flesh are like these little viruses and bacterium that are floating around and flitting and flying around. And, and it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, wrath, hatred, variance, strife, emulations. That's, that's all. That's like the flu. And you, just, and you can just, all you have to do is walk through the world and you breathe that junk in. You don't even have to be doing anything. And you just be walking along and all of a sudden you'll have envy. You don't even know where it come from. You don't even know where it came from. It's just you'll have envy. You'll have, you'll feel strife. I mean, you just don't go on about your daily routine. Somebody cuts you off in traffic, you're ready to rip their head off. Strife. Seditions. Some, some strange wind of doctrine comes by. It's not grounded in the word of God. Heresies. And you start believing it. Because that stuff, it floats around like the flu virus. It floats around like a bacterial bug. And it'll get in your system. And before long, you're showing symptoms that you don't even know where it came from. You know how to get over that? The fruit of the Spirit. That's why when I went to the doctor this week, they said, drink a lot of water, eat fruit. (laughs) Vitamin C. You need to get it up in your system. You need, to, you need to load yourself with those antioxidants. That's what this world needs. That's what we need. You better load it up. I'm going to tell you what will cure that adultery and fornication. Love. Real love. I'll tell you what will cure that idolatry and that heresy. Faith. Faith in God. I'll tell you what will cure that hatred and that strife. Gentleness. Hallelujah. So this fruit of the Spirit is something that that heals. When we ingest it, we take it in. And when we apply it to somebody else. The scripture says there was a man by the name of Hezekiah. King Hezekiah. And And the Lord sent the prophet Isaiah to him and said, Hezekiah, I have bad news. He said, you are going to die. And the Bible explains this anguish that Hezekiah began to feel when he realized he was going to die. I mean, it was just, it was, it was just... There's no question. You're dying. It's over. Our whole world is in that position right now. 
People are afraid every day they walk out of the house, they're afraid. They're fearful of when the next horrifying phone call will come their way. When they'll, they're afraid to, to, to pull things up on the internet for fear of what kind of tragedy has just occurred. And, 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 and there's fear and it's, it's terrifying and it's horrifying. And Hezekiah was there and the word came, you are going to die. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and said, oh God. Oh, God, he began to pray. Can I talk again about the power of prayer? He said, oh, God, help me right now. There are people all over this world, and I'm going to tell you something. It breaks my heart that they're turning to witchcraft, and it breaks my heart that they're turning to alcoholism, and it breaks my heart that they're turning to some kind of confusion that comes from this world when the church needs to be right there in the big middle of everything saying, come unto Jesus, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Listen, we don't have to change them. That's the Lord's job. The Lord will do the changing. The Lord will do the work in their life. All we got to do is pass the fruit out. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Here, here, here's the fruit. Take it. Eat it. Let it strengthen you. Let it begin to minister to you. Hezekiah, as soon as Isaiah left the room, Hezekiah turned to God and said, Oh God, help me. Help me. Help me, God. His heart broke. His spirit was heavy. He didn't want to die. But the disease was raging in his body. And he was about to die. But his prayer touched God. And when his prayer touched God, the Lord spoke to Isaiah. Isaiah was already on his way to, you know, Cracker Barrel. I mean, Sunday service was over. He's already, he's like, he's past that. He delivered the message. He's going on to get himself something. And the Lord said, go back. Because I have another word for Hezekiah. This is amazing. I've changed my mind. Folks, I'm talking about there are prayers we can pray that can absolutely turn God's affection toward a people. You hear what I'm saying? Israel was so against God. They had so turned their back on God, so forsaken God, that he was ready to consume all of them on the spot. And, and, and Moses stood up and stood in the gap and said, Lord, if you're going to destroy them, then blot my name out of your book. And the Lord wouldn't do it. The Lord said, all right, I'll have mercy upon them. Now, here's what bothers me. A lot of times we get, and I'm going to speak to myself, we get into this habit of saying, oh, my goodness, this world is so bad. They've rejected God so much. God's just going to pour out fire. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Almost like we wanted to. Where are the Moseses who will stand between God and this world and say, oh, God, have mercy. Oh, God, have mercy on this soul. We look at another news story that says that they've turned their back on God and they're mocking Christianity and they're saying Jesus isn't real and God's not real and, and they're saying we don't need God in this world and we look at it and say, oh, what a horrible world. What a terrible world. Yeah, it's a terrible world. That's why God was manifest in the flesh. God, heal me of my judgmentalism. Heal me of my self-righteousness. Cleanse me of all my pride. Cleanse me of all my religious pride. And Lord, let me be the intercessor that you've called me to be. Yes, it breaks my heart that, they're, that they speak so uh, oppositionally to God. Yes, it breaks my heart that they mock him, that they ridicule him. But they're sinners. They're lost. They don't know him. 
they don't know him. Lord, hear our cry. If he did hear your cry, if he did answer your prayer, every ounce of your prayers, if every one of your prayers were answered that you prayed to this point this week, how many in your world would be saved? How, how, how many in this society would be turned to God? Or are we just so offended at their rejection of Him that we can't see through how angry that makes us? That's not fruit. That's not fruit. Come on, somebody. Let Him prune you. Let Him strip you of whatever it is. God, I don't want this world. I don't want this world to go to hell. Have mercy. Give us another chance to preach the gospel. Give us another chance in the name of Jesus. Lord, if you can, if you can save Saul who killed Christians, then surely you can change somebody's heart who, who has mocked you and turned their back on you. In the name of the Lord. And Isaiah walked back into Hezekiah's room. And the Lord said, all right, I'm going to heal him. I've changed my mind. His intercession, his prayer reached me. And it's changed my mind. I'm going to tell you, we can pray prayers that can turn Cincinnati upside down. We can pray prayers that can reach into any dark corner. We can pray prayers that can, oh my We can pray prayers that can reach into any devastating circumstance and pull people out of their bondage. Isaiah walks in, and there it is. There's a boil on Hezekiah's body. It is so, it is so sickening. It is so full of poison and toxin. It has drained Hezekiah's body of life completely. But the Lord said... He's going to live. You know what Isaiah did? He said, I want you to get a lump of figs. Go get a lump of fruit. Pull all the fruit together you can find. Woo, you know what the fruit is. Get all the love. Get a lump of love, a lump of joy, peace. Get it all together. Smoosh it together real good. Love, joy, and peace, and gentleness. And that sickening sore that you can't even stand to look at in somebody. That, that raw, cancerous bitterness that makes it hard to be around them. You take that fruit and you set it on that thing that's taking their life. Whoosh. Hallelujah. That's what love was meant to do. That's what peace was meant to do. That's what joy and gentleness and goodness was meant to do. And I'm going to tell you something. It can pull the murder out of somebody's heart. I'm going to tell you it can pull the envy out of somebody's soul. It can pull the lust out of somebody's mind. It can deal with the innermost being of that individual and save them. God expects us to bear fruit. And as a matter of fact, the scripture says that Jesus... Jesus saw a fig tree from a long ways off. And he says, oh, that's a beautiful fig tree. He walks up to it because it looked really good. It had leaves, branches, nice big stump, trunk, roots. But he walked up and he expected fruit. I'm going to tell you something, folks. It doesn't matter what our branches look like. It doesn't matter how many leaves we got flittering and floating in the sunshine. It doesn't matter the trunk. It doesn't matter what we call ourselves. If we don't have love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance, 
then we are cursed. Jesus walked up to that fig tree and he said, I want figs. Now the fig tree had a really good reason for not having figs. The time of figs was not yet. It's not my season to bear fruit. I'm having a bad day. No fruit for you because I'm having a bad day. I'm not a morning person. I'm not a night owl. It's not my personality. It doesn't run in my family to be nice. You think I'm bad? You should know my dad, my mom, my grandma. No, no, no. That's not how it works. It doesn't matter what season you're in. You're not, this isn't about your tree. You're in the true vine. Come on, church. You got to hear what I'm preaching to you. You got to hear what I'm preaching to you. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what people have done to you. There's got to be fruit to come from you because you are plugged into that vine and that root system is coming up through that trunk and into those branches and into those leaves and into that fruit. And from you comes joy and love and faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know the scripture that just, that just breaks me down has to do with this man. Jesus describes this poor man who went from Jerusalem to Jericho. And while he's on his way, thieves accost him. They beat him. The Bible says they stripped him of his raiment. They took all his goods. And they left him half dead. And there was a certain Levite that went by. Folks, you read that book of Leviticus. This Levite was missing the point. He walks by. God allowed him to walk by this man that was in need of help. And as he's walking by, he's got too many, other, he's got too many things on his schedule. What is it that keeps us from helping people? What is it that keeps us from ministering to people? Too busy. Too much on my schedule. Don't have time. More important things to do. He keeps on walking by. Here comes a priest. The priest walks by. What, what's his excuse? Maybe it's his religious restrictions. Maybe it's his commitment to ceremonialism. Whatever it is. Maybe it's just because he didn't like this guy. Maybe he thinks this guy had it coming to him. He shouldn't have put himself in that position. What was he doing traveling by himself from Jerusalem down to Jericho anyway? Folks, I'm going to tell you something. You can make as many excuses as you want. And every one of us had some stuff coming to us because of our bad decisions. But that's, that's not the point. The point is they need fruit. They need love. They need help. Finally, there's this good Samaritan. Now, here's what's interesting about the good Samaritan. This man on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho and the good Samaritan, there was supposed to be some kind of a racial strife between this good Samaritan and this man that was laying on the way from Jerusalem to Jericho. But that good Samaritan, the Bible says, had compassion on him. He went down to where he was. You hear me? Do you hear me? He went down. To where he was. 
Hallelujah. He didn't throw a, he didn't throw a life preserver. He didn't throw a rope to the half-dead man who could, couldn't even open his eyes and say, if you really want it, you got to grab the end of this rope. The Bible makes it clear. He went down to where he was. And he had with him oil and wine, which is a.k.a., you ready? The fruit of the vine. And when he put that fruit of the vine on those wounds inflicted by thieves and robbers and strangers and, 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 and madmen, some healing began to happen. Now, this is an amazing story. He takes him, puts him on his beast of burden, carries him off to an inn, puts him in the inn, pays for his stay, says, I'm going to come back and check on him. It's an amazing story. But, but, but the, most, the most profound part of that story and the one that drives me to my face is, is, is found in just about five words, and it's simply this. Go and do thou likewise. He's talking to me. He's talking to you. You go and do likewise. If you've received love, give love. If you've received peace, give peace. Do you know the Bible calls you a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper? A peacekeeper is somebody who goes into a peaceful situation and maintains peace. He didn't say blessed are the peacekeepers. He said blessed are the peacemakers. That's who you are. We walk into places where there is strife and we speak creatively peace. No church division in Jesus' name. Those days are over. Because the Lord is to be glorified. He's bringing all things into one in Jesus Christ. That's a part of the past. That's under the blood of Jesus. There's no church division going forward, ladies and gentlemen, because we got a job to do. And we've got a calling to fulfill. And we've got a mission to accomplish. Whenever I feel my flesh rising up, whenever I feel my flesh beginning to rage, I humble myself under the mighty hand of God. I come to the foot of the cross and say, oh God, let fruit come through me again. Somebody lift your hands to him right now if you would. Just reach out to him right now if you would. In the name of Jesus. 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 In the name of Jesus, I'm preaching to somebody, you've been hurt. You've been hurt. You've been wounded. Let the fruit of the vine get into that wound right now. Let a lump of figs get on that wound right now. If you don't address it, it will take your spirit. If you don't address it, it'll dry you up. If you don't address it, it'll take your life. But God is going to heal you today. God is going to heal your wound. God is going to bind up that broken heart. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, stand with me if you will in Jesus' name. Stand with me if you will in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I only want to do your will.
Lord, I want to see souls saved for your glory, for their salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ, take the blindness off of our city, God. Where you have placed us, take the blindness off. Send revelation, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, break up the fallow ground, O oh God, in people's hearts and minds. People who have departed from the faith, oh God, reach them now. Bring them back to the sheepfold. In Jesus' name. Lord, let us be mature believers. Forgiving. Hallelujah. Loving. Hallelujah. Joyful. Hallelujah. Peaceable fruit of righteousness. Let it flow from us right now, oh God. I pray you will heal every bitterness, every wound in Jesus' name. Lord, every wound that exists in our city, God, right now. Everything that the devil has done, reverse it, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, tear down every stronghold. Cast down every imagination. Use us, God. We stand before you, Lord. Pliable in your hands. Help us, Holy Ghost, to be what you've called us to be. To do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Somebody that believes it, why don't you begin to praise him right now? Somebody that wants it, why don't you begin to praise him right now? If you really believe that people are on their way to eternal damnation, it, for, it should forever change the way you pray, the way you treat people, the way you live your life. You've got to bear fruit. I, we're not going to win people by, by, by beating them up, bashing them. We're not going to win people by telling them that we're so much better than they are. We better know who we are. Without me, he said, you can do nothing. That's who we are. We are utterly and completely dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's something stirring in my spirit this morning. It's the heart of God that's stirring in my spirit. It's the heart of God. He loves this city so much. By this city, don't, don't misunderstand. I, I, I don't mean that he's infatuated with the cut in the hill skyline. I, I, mean, I mean, he sees those hurting people. He sees those hurting people that right now are in the streets of our city. He sees those hurting people right now that are com contemplating suicide, that are contemplating divorce, that are contemplating throwing in the towel. People right now whose hearts are filled with hate, people whose hearts are filled with hurt, he sees them and he cares. And he's trying to put that care in our heart. He's trying to say, feel for them like I feel for them. Love them like I love them. Reach for them the way I reached for you. Will somebody hear the call of God this morning? Will somebody hear the call of God this morning? Come on, let much fruit come right now in the name of Jesus. Much fruit. Much fruit. Bearing much fruit. In the name of Jesus, much fruit. In the name of Jesus, much fruit. Much fruit.
Hallelujah. Come on, somebody needs to go forth right now bearing precious seed, weeping. Lord God, right now, bless my brother in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 